everybody and welcome to another episode of the haunted ride i'm your host melissa and thank you for joining us today so if you have your chain your snacks um today's episode is going to be an interview that i did with someone named miro now i have to say that she's not a podcaster she's just a normal person which i think i think sometimes people think that it has to be a podcaster and it doesn't like uh one of the things that i said in this interview is that it's really important to me to be able to speak with people from all walks of life. We all have different things that led us to the road that we're on right now. And for a lot of people, the road that they're moving towards or they're trying to get to is being a little more aware of the paranormal or being a little deeper in their spirituality, whatever that may be. And so it's really important to me to, if we're going to call this and, and try to make this place like a sanctuary for, paranormal and supernatural topics and talks and and just people really like your experiences and what's going on then i think that we should be speaking to anyone who has an experience and if you know they want to come on the show then why not have them on the show so that's exactly what we did mural she's very sweet and with her it was actually really important for me to share this interview because She's someone who she feels like she's a little alone in what she does. And so she's really hoping to find a home or find more people to talk to or more people to reach out. So if you like what she has to say and you either want to work with her, or get in touch with her, things like that, um, I've got her WordPress, her Instagram, and her Facebook in the show links of the podcast episode. So, you know, give it a click and give her a follow or give, you know, send her a message and talk with her. And, you know, maybe you guys can connect and. It'll be a great thing for the both of you. So we're going to listen to a promo and then we will get into the episode, but I will see you guys in a little bit. Hey guys, my name is Tara. And my name is Jessica. And together we co-host the podcast, Three Spooked Girls. If you love the paranormal or murder, join us every Monday as we tell our listeners about a new spooky tale or true crime case. We'll have a special drink recipe each episode picked out by me for you to enjoy while we scare the hell out of you. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever the hell else you listen to podcasts. Come hang out with us and get your spooky on. Hello, everyone. Today I have a very special guest. Her name is Meryl. Hi, everybody. Hi. How are you? I'm doing really well today. It's just a, a lazy Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> um... So, let's talk about what you do. Well, um, I am a practicing witch. I've been um, studying witchcraft probably since the late 90s, um, wow. but I've just gotten really into it, like, um, like more into it in the past, say, five years. Okay. So, yeah. So... What got you into witchcraft to begin with? Well, um, I just, I used to be like one of those um, hardcore Christians. Uh, and uh, like I was even involved in uh, like a street ministry. And I ran a, a battered women's shelter. 
for the ministry. And um, I, it's nothing against, you know, Christian beliefs or anything. I just kind of realized that there were more things in heaven, well, in the heavens rather, and in, in on earth than I could possibly ever understand. There's, I came to realize there's not just, it's not just us and, you know, what we may call God or creator or however you want to put it. Um, there are many different beings living and or existing, you know, in these different realms and dimensions and things. And I've always been kind of, and I came in as a child. I was like, I, I talked to my spirit guide. I just, I didn't know what it was at the time. I just thought it was a, like an imaginary friend, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, my, my parents weren't really spiritual. My mother was a Catholic and only went to church on Christmas and Easter. And my dad was an atheist, so and I was kind of left to my own devices as far as you know, figuring out what I believed about um, God and the devil or, you know, anything like that. So Okay. And so I know that there are tons of different, and I try to explain this as best as I possibly can on my podcast, that I know people hear the word like witchcraft and are like, oh, and they kind of, you know, they get a little scared of it. But they have to understand that just like there's different branches of Catholicism or Christianity, there's different branches of witchcraft and Wicca. Yeah, Um, that's true. So do you identify with a particular branch more than another, or are you more so level across the board with whatever seems to work the best with you and whatever you connect the most with, that's what you typically use? I kind of, um, I guess if I was going to label myself, it would, I would probably label myself as uh, someone who practices chaos magic, because okay. that's kind of like taking the best or taking what works for you from different um, belief systems or practicing systems like um, you know, I, I, ha- I do like a hoodoo, uh, what's called a sweetening jar, mm-hmm. where if you want someone to like, be sweet to you or be nicer to you, then you can do this little spell. It's really simple, and it's like a hoodoo spell, which is which comes from um, Haitian voodoo, but it, it's kind of a little bit different. It's kind of more folksy and kind of backwoodsy type stuff. <laughs> but, it, but then um, I also have done like ceremonial magic where I cast a circle and uh, either whether it's like a, a circle that I um, visualize or a circle of salt, I've done both. You know, I've done that. I've uh, used candles. I've made a like a poppet, which is uh, something that represents someone that you're doing this spell either for or against. Um, so I mean, I've I've done like all kinds of different things. I just kind of pull from like whatever works best for me at the moment. Okay. See, the first time I had ever heard of kind of like the sweetener jar was on a podcast called um, This Is Where the Magic Happens. Yeah. And she talked about it, and I sent her a message on Twitter because I was like, it's really funny that you mention that because in Santeria, which was my first sort of introduction into 
spirituality as far as more of a pagan practice would would be concerned. We don't do a honey jar. We do, I mean, it's kind of, it's not a honey jar where you bury it out in the yard. They do yeah. a honey jar where you, you just put it wherever and you say whatever it is you, you need to say. You take the person's name, you write it on a piece of paper and you stick mm. it in this jar and you pour honey over it and that's supposed to sweeten it up. They also do another one where they don't do anything to it. They write the person's name, take them, put them in like a plastic, um, a Ziploc bag or something like that and put them in the freezer and that's supposed to put them on ice. Yeah, so freezer like, spell. I've, yeah. I've done those too. Yeah. Yeah. So those are, those are like two of the things that I've found, like when I talk to people, it really seems to like go across the board. Like everybody has like their own kind of like name for it, but right. everybody knows it. <laughs> I got my recipe from um, this uh, man that I was in contact with um, over the internet who is um, a voodoo wangan, which is kind of like, like a, a male version of a, of a mambo, which is the, mm-hmm. the female. And he also practices hoodoo as well. He learned it from um, a wangan down in uh, New Orleans. And New Orleans voodoo is a little bit different you know, than Haitian voodoo or something mm-hmm. or anything like that. Um, but I got that that uh, recipe, if you will, from him. I just um, I use whatever kind of sweet thing I have. I the one that I have right now has Cairo syrup in it, and mm-hmm. different like the different names of people that I put in there um, over the years. I've had that same sweetening jar forever. I, I don't even remember um, when I started it, um, and so. And my recipe, what you do is, of course, you write that person's name down and you're thinking about, like, at the time you do it, you know, you're thinking about, like, what you want this person to do for you or how you want this person to act towards you. And then you, you put it in the jar and pour the honey or the Cairo syrup or whatever over it. And then you close it and then you light a candle for three nights and you say a little thing, like, something like, just as this syrup is sweet, so this person will be sweet to me, and you light the candle, and you let it burn out for three nights in a row. Hmm. Okay. See, I think with, I think in Santeria, you just leave them in there, but, like, the thing that I found with Santeria when you do that is, like, it seems to have, like, an expiration date. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's because we just leave it. And don't do anything else to it. It's just like, eh, you're there. <laughs> we yeah. don't touch it again. Uh-huh. Um, but it seems to sort of have like somewhat of like an expiration date where it does this thing where um, it kind of quietly sort of fades away. So you find with yours that it's still as potent as the day that you put it in there no matter what. Well, I I have to say that I have done, uh, I have used the sweetened jar multiple times for the same person. Um, but I don't really ever do it more than like once a year because okay. I don't want to, I mean, there is like such a thing as like too much love. I mean, you don't, you know, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to be in one of those kind of cliche things where, you know, you see in the movies and people are like, Oh, I want a love spell. And then, and then the person turns, you know, stalkery and psycho and <laughs> you know what I mean? The craft. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> 
So I don't, I, you know, I don't want something to happen like that. I just, you know, I just want to put my intentions into the spell as, you know, as as far as I intend it to go. I don't want it to be, you know, out of my control and, and come back and bite me in the rear. Mm-hmm. So with with um intentions and things like that, I always have this kind of caution whenever I do anything. I I normally just, my spirit guide will tell me when she wants me to do something or when she doesn't want me to do something. She's very vocal. (laughs) That one, extremely vocal. Um, so I kind of will know like when to do something, how to do it, when not to do it, um, things like that. But my worry is always whenever I do anything is always doing it in a way of which I'm not taking something away from the person because I do know that there's like magic that does that. Like you, you know, if you, let's say you want a promotion and it's you and like another person and you tip the scales in your favor, like that's very blatantly kind of like taking away from that person. It doesn't mean that you weren't going to get it or you weren't like, like it wasn't really going to be yours, but you just tip the sales more in your favor in order to make sure that it happened. Do you ever find yourself kind of like questioning that too? Or is it more just a me thing? Cause I'm always like, well, okay, I would love to do like, I've had to do um, garden reflection ceremonies where I just say for all the negativity that's coming to me, I guard myself from it. And I reflect it back onto the person. Like, so I'm not like, you know, I'm not going to attack them. Like, that's just not worth my time. But I am not going to allow them to just negatively dump all their stuff on top of me over and over and over again to the point where I become extremely weak and broken down and have anxiety and all these horrible things. So right. those, like, when it cut, like, I remember there was a point in time where my spirit guide was like, you need to tweak that. And she's like, you need to make it more offensive than defensive. And I was like, really? I prefer the defensive tactic and she's like well well I think with her like her her thought process was because I like the defensiveness was working but I was mainly focusing on like a couple people but I didn't know the behind the scenes like working aspects of it that it was more than just those people So because I was only really focused on those people and really defending myself from those people, like, yeah, that was working. But then when somebody else is throwing their weight into the mix to like influence that person, then it it wasn't working because it wasn't, it wasn't that person's like initial thought process. So she wanted me to be more offensive to block it all. Like just be like, nope, it's not going to happen. You're not even going to get the chance. You're not even going to get the inkling. Like you're not even going to get the thought process. You can keep that to yourself. So do you, like, what are your thought processes on that, on things like that? When I do spells, um, I've only ever done, like, I've done several protection spells. And when I do protection spells, um, I mainly focus on um, things like um, make this person invisible to this other person. Or... um, like you said, you know, any negativity that this person sends, you know, may it be directed back at them uh, times three. You know, um, I do use, I do believe the the law of three, like whatever you send out comes mm-hmm. back to you. 
Um, so I try to I try my best to not send out intentions that are um, willfully selfish or mm-hmm. something like that because I mean I don't need that kind of stuff in my life you know especially because I have a child and, and I don't want I don't want that kind of chaos in my life you know I don't want that kind of drama so yeah um as far as that goes um reflecting negativity back at a person or multiple people, Um, what I tend to do is when I shield myself, I kind of, I visualize that there are like thousands of mirrors like all around me that are turned outward. Mm -hmm. And so like whatever negativity is sent to me, then it automatically reflects back to whoever sent it or whichever multiple persons that sent it. Um, and it took me a while, you know, of meditation to kind of mm. get that solid. You know, it's all, it's all about like focus and, and you have to really know like your, your, what your intentions are. I mean, you don't want to like hurt that person, but yet again, you don't want that person's toxicity in your life, you know. So you mentioned meditation. How long have you been meditating for? Or is it just something you've always kind of done? Uh, well, like I can remember being about five or six years old and um, doing kind of a, like, like a self-hypnosis type thing mm-hmm. um, when I couldn't sleep. I mean, even, even at five or six years old, I was, I guess, an insomniac, so... Um, I would just kind of, I did this thing where I started at my feet, and I would just tell myself that, that, that my feet were really, really heavy, and I couldn't move them, and, and then I would just kind of go up from there, and it usually worked, it, you know, by the time I got to my knees, I was asleep, so, um, <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of do the same thing um, now, only it's more like a, I don't know if it's like a heaviness, but it's more like a, kind of a, sinking into your bed kind of feeling, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it's kind of a relaxing type. I've never been able to like, visualize, you know, that warm orb or whatever that you hear on the, the guided meditation things. I've heard a lot, you know, imagine, visualize there's a an orb of warm light that starts at your feet. You know, I can't do that. Um, <laughs> it's just, I don't know why, I just, I just can't do it. <laughs> but, um, Meditation has kind of um, helped me along in my uh, my journey to like understand um, what's going on with me and what's going on with like people that are in my life, kind of in my circle, if you will. Um, and uh, it, I don't know. I mean, it helps a lot as far as what like, shielding and grounding, mm-hmm. and which you know those things are really important. I mean, that's kind of like your basis of um, kind of any spiritual practice, I guess, is meditation and, and grounding and shielding. Those are kind of the the, uh, the three basic things I think that, that everyone needs to start out learning. If they're going to start out down this path with, with um, you know, awakening spirituality and, or witchcraft or paganism or wherever they intend to go. You know? So... 
It's really interesting that you say that because um, I actually had a conversation with my mother earlier today. So she is not a very spiritual person at all, like at all. Typically doesn't want to hear it, doesn't care anything about it. Um, as I've gotten older and I've been more vocal about like my experiences because they matter to me, uh, she's kind of taken a little bit of notice. And I think, um, I talk about one particular experience that I think really like changed everything on the podcast, which was when my grandmother attempted to possess me in order to give my mother a message. And the smokes. Yeah. My grandmother, she's a, she's a very strong willed woman. (laughs) Yeah. I guess so. She, that's, she was just like, well, you're not listening to me. So I'm going to do it myself. And I'm like, I didn't know you were there. <laughs> right. But, um, so I I had to relate. I started relaying things over to her. And there were things that there's no way I could have known. Like they happened way before I was ever even thought of being born. Um, before she was even where she is now in Florida. I mean, she was back in New York. So there was no way I would have known anything about it. And she kind of just, after that experience... Uh, and seeing it happen and seeing how sick it made me at the time, because I have a lot of spirit guides and a lot of spiritual energy and just like a lot of spirits that are around me all the time. And so if we have to be, it, we have an agreement. So, so we have to always be in agreement of something, if something's going to occur, meaning also someone attempting to possess me. They, and if they're not, if they're not, um, of me, meaning like a past life or um, a spirit or something that all the rest of the spirits have agreed to and they're fine with, they won't let them anywhere near me. So I think there was a part of me that knew it was my grandmother and basically like she was trying to come in. My spirits were trying to like not only like really push her out, but um, they were basically waging war. And I was like, like, I spiritually was like standing in the middle, like, wait, no, 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 I know, I know you're not happy with this. Hold on a second. It's my grandma. Grandma, shut up. (laughs) So so that's what was making me physically ill was that I was fighting with way too much. Um, And just all of a sudden. So after that experience and she saw it happen and she heard me tell her stuff and, and it was a whole thing. Um, she's become more open to at least discussing it when it comes in terms with my grandmother. So we were talking earlier today and I don't know, I think I was talking about the podcast and um, just some stuff that was going on and how I was super excited that I was going to have an interview today and things like that. And she just asked me out of the blue, like if I ever seen my grandmother and I told her the last experience I had with her, which was back in March and um, she's really shocked by that. And she was kind of like, you know, I never really see her. And I could tell that she was saying it in a way like, I really wish that I could. And I explained to her, I was like, you have abilities too. I was like, every single person in this family has abilities. It's never going to not be the case. That's just how our family is. And I said, but you don't want to believe in them. You don't take time for yourself to take care of yourself. You would refuse to do any sort of like meditation or even just like deep breathing to calm yourself down. You refuse to center yourself. And until you learn how to do that, you're never going to be able to see her. 
Like, I'm sorry, but you're not. And I've told you this like time and time and time again. And I know that you would love to be able to see her or to see your brothers that have passed on or family members that have passed on. But if you don't, what I find is the most important thing is you have to be able to center yourself and kind of get to know yourself through meditation and things like that. And once you can figure that out, you can understand when there's another energy around you. Because if not, all you see is like your energy. You don't see how your energy affects someone else or how somebody else's energy affects you. Because you're never paying attention to how you feel. Like you're just like, you know, whatever. So um, yeah, like for me, I had closed myself off to the paranormal for a while because I knew that when I had children, that they were going to have the same abilities that I had. And I was concerned that because things tend to be attracted to me, you know, here's this little child who's also going to have the exact same abilities. Like my, I had my, my abilities when I was literally a baby. So I just didn't remember it, but my mother was able to tell me like experiences that I had that she couldn't understand like what happened. And my grandmother would explain to her, like she's just seeing something or she's talking to something. So if that's going to be the case, like I never want something to harm my child because they have these abilities and they don't know how to deal with them because they're a child. (laughs) And like I have abilities and they're like coming to me. And so I was just, I was just scared it was going to be, a domino effect on my, on my child. And then, um, I went through something and I I had to understand that whether I close myself off to it or I'm wide open to it, no matter what, I still see them. They still interact with me. It's still a thing. (laughs) It didn't, it didn't stop that from happening. So instead all it did was sort of dim down my acknowledgement to it, but it didn't stop it from occurring. And, um, Then the first thing that I started doing to reopen myself up was meditation. I started doing, um, it was the guided meditation on the Headspace app because I cannot, I can't do bells. I can't do sounds like rain is nice and everything, but that doesn't work for me. Um, I, I just need silence or like someone talking. And I was really scared because I was like, what is this person going to try to put something in my head? Right, right. My meditation. <laughs> but it was, I learned a lot of really good visualization techniques from doing that meditation. Um, and he always does the, after you do a couple deep, you know, you get comfortable, you do a couple of normal breaths and then you begin to do your deep breaths. He starts from the head down and he says, um, just to scan your body to see how you're feeling. Yeah. And even if, like, I can't do, like, a full meditation session, if I can just do up to that part and then do a couple more deep breaths counting up to ten and, like, maybe do that, like, three times, I'm good. Like, that's all I need. I'm good. Yeah. So what else do you um, use when you are just, just in your everyday life? Do you also use tarot cards? Do you use pendulums? Um, what else works for you? I um, I use tarot cards, and I have a pendulum, but I don't really use it that much anymore. Um, I did use it uh, a lot at one time, and um, 
I don't know, for some reason, I think maybe that's just not the tool for me. I mean, Mm -hmm. I was able to use it, but um, I don't know why, but I uh, got myself like a spare attachment. Um, Mm -hmm. At the time, there were uh, like three portals open in my house, Mm -hmm. and I I, I wasn't aware of it. I mean, I knew that there was something, like whenever I walked in my house, I was like, I don't know, it's kind of like that feeling you get when somebody's standing behind you, you know, mm-hmm. like, and you know, but, and I was kind of on edge, like, all the time, and really snappy, and um, there was one negative portal, and then two positive portals, and I had uh, a friend of mine, I, t- I took a picture, and my friend looked at it, and she said, wow, you've got, like, layers upon layers upon layers upon layers, like, there's thousands of spirits in your house. And they're all waiting to cross over to the, into these two positive portals. And um, so she closed the, the negative portal. And then the two positive portals just kind of closed on their own. But while all this was going on, I was using my pendulum. And I got myself mm-hmm. a spirit attachment that was this um, old older lady who had, had, she had died, I want to say like 70s or 80s or something like that. And... Um, she was just really bitter, and I think that's part of what was making me kind of snappy and irritated all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was, she, like, she would manipulate, like, my pendulum and mm-hmm. make it give me the answers that she wanted rather than the answers that it was supposed to give. And for it kind of, like, after I got rid of that spirit attachment, it kind of, like, turned me off to, like, the whole experience, you know? Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not really sure if it was because of the spirits that were already here that one just kind of happened to latch on to me, or if it was because I was using my pendulum while the spirits were here, or, I mean, I'm not really sure. So, I don't know, I haven't really gotten back into using my pendulum, um, but I do use my uh, tarot cards uh, sometimes when I don't understand something or someone like asked for a tarot reading yeah i um there's one person who i was communicating with over email which he had a spirit attachment but he was having a really hard being able a really hard time being able to hear her so i recommended that he get a pendulum because i knew that his house was okay like he was he was fine as far as that went it just was he really needed to like hear what this this person had to say and he couldn't um, because he was still learning, like, how to deal with things and how to yeah. understand those things. And so I know, I don't know if he really used it, but I know eventually he got his answer, which was great. Um, but I yeah. do know whenever, whenever there's, like, already, like, a haunting or something going on in a property and then you use, like, just anything, like, it can be anything, like, the spirits are like, ooh, Look at, look at this person. Oh, they're trying to contact something. All right, I'll give them something to contact. Yeah. (laughs) They can be jerks sometimes. They really can. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) But yeah, I, I know that sometimes that can be the case. Like if, especially when people take, um, on those TV shows when they take pendulums into places that they know is haunted, but they don't know what's haunted. And then later on they say it's something bad and I'm like, eh. Might need to cleanse that pendulum of yours afterwards. Right, right. Um, but tarot cards, I love tarot cards. I uh, My grandmother taught me how to read them when I was younger. 
And then my mom got rid of them because she was like, no tarot cards. And I'm like, but my grandmother had tarot cards. Like, what are you talking about? And um, so I bought myself a deck later on. I've got, I still have it to this day. It's a fairy deck. And that mm-hmm. one's been really good for me, but I've kind of outgrown it spiritually. So I need a new one. And I actually just ordered a new one. It's the fountain deck, which I'm really excited about. Yeah. But um, I... I don't know. It's tarot cards for me and tarot card readings. There's something just so like magical when you're in the middle of like a tarot card reading or you're, you know, you're just sitting there, you're shuffling your cards and you're like connecting with your, your energy with the cards and you sit there and you begin the spread and you flip over all the cards and you just see them. Like, I don't, for me, somehow there's always something so magical about that moment. Especially yeah. when, like, it's a really good reading. And I'm like, oh, man, okay. You got some stuff to tell me now. <laughs> yeah. I like it when you, like, when you know, like, that you've connected with that other person. And you're, like, you're on the same, like, you're, you have the same wavelength or on the same vibe or whatever. And, um, like, you know that, that you're helping that person. You know, yeah. Kind of in lockstep with you. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, so since you've been using tarot cards, do you know what they all mean? Well, um, I, I did use the book that came with mine when mm-hmm. I first started. Um, but now I kind of take the kind of a, a general meaning and then I, I intuit a lot of things and kind of, I also look at what cards are around a certain card that I'm reading or it's really hard for me to give like a one card reading, you know, I yeah. have to do at least three, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. um, yeah, I, um, one of my gifts is, um, intuition. So I tend to use it a lot. Um, especially in tarot card readings. Um, I don't know, sometimes, uh, my spirit guides are, they just tell me things, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes it's, related to the tarot card reading and sometimes it's completely like out of left field like mm-hmm. you know did you did you know your mom painted her toenails orange today or you know it's something <laughs> really off the wall or like that yeah like i um i don't know the meanings of any of the cards because i stopped doing it i i used to be kind of We'll we'll say like mediocre <laughs> as far as meanings went. Yeah. It was it was more so that I would just look at the cards and kind of wave my hands over them, and then I would kind of like know what it was they were trying to tell me, and then if I wanted like affirmation, I could like turn around and you know look at everything in the book and figure out what card was what. But I will say that part like I lost the book. But I'm not all that upset that I lost the book because I will say that whenever the reason why I actually specifically stopped using the book was because it was confusing to me. I didn't the meanings that it would give me and how it would kind of construct them out. I didn't it it wasn't clear. So I would always end up just actually like doing the reading, reading the cards for like what they seem to feel for me and that I would just Google like, what does this card mean? Or what does that card mean? And I felt like I would get a better response from Google than I did from the book that came with the cards. And I do the same thing now. I've actually started creating a little book for myself so that I have like words that make sense to me. Like, Oh, um, 
you know, this card is like the teacher. This card is like the, you know, high priestess is like the highest, the magic that you can think of. High priestess is, you know, magic and, and all these things and intuition and all this stuff. So I don't, yeah. I still don't know any of the cards. But <laughs> at, least, at least for me, like it makes sense. And I think um, it's super important because everybody everybody has their own magic and i think sometimes if these we try to force what we have into the same sort of field as everybody else so that we can feel connected with those other people so that we feel like we have like a family or community or something like that so that we can have someone to reach out to but just because like it works for like one person doesn't mean like it works for another it's part of what i really love or about being able to do these interviews and hear from different people is because, you know, in my fields of paranormal, it's not just one thing. That's why it's called paranormal. Nothing about it's normal. Like you can't just like right, right. <laughs> generalize the whole thing and then think it's going to work. It's not like you have to take people from different backgrounds with different perspectives and doing different things in order to be able to like understand what goes into it. Um, I wanted to ask you, though, so you said that you do a little bit of, like, chaos magic. Do you do sigils as well? I'm sorry, do I do what? Sigils? Like, do you practice with sigils? Sigils, oh, yeah. Um, I have been getting into sigils a little bit, um, but I, I'm not really strong, you know, in mm -hmm. my practice as far as sigils go, but uh, they can be quite useful, you know, if you have, if you have enough focus and you mm -hmm. can... Um, you know, focus your intentions into the sigil, you know, when you make it and then when you call on it, you know, later, whenever, you know, whenever you need it. Yeah, I, um, I had this joke because I had not, I didn't know anything about chaos magic. Like, I had no idea what it was. I heard somebody use the term. And so I went to my trusty friend at Google. I was like, Google, what is chaos magic? <laughs> <laughs> like here's the brief overview here's the extended overview and you know here's everything so I I went on like every single article because you can't believe stuff just from like one person so I went on right, everything yeah. and um when I get to when I got to the sigil part I was like oh okay you know sigil's cool and I'm reading it I'm reading it I'm reading it and I paused for a second and I was like ah. Oh. Yeah, I've been making these for a really long time I didn't know that's what they were called <laughs> <laughs> I would for some reason, I think there's something about, like, creativity and, like, magic that work, like, so well together. And I would be singing and dancing, and I would get to, like, this place where I would just feel like, I, it was like I could feel, like, all the energy around me. It was so great, and it was so lovely, and I would just have this beautiful, like, great time. And then in my head, I would get this, like, image, and it would just be, like, this thing like floating above my head. Yeah. And I'd be like, okay. And so I would take all the energy that I had now seemed to be able to see and I was kind of mush it into like that shape and then be like, okay, there you go. That's all you wanted. Cool. And then I'd go back to dancing. And I noticed yeah. that whenever I would do that, whatever like super high, like light, I don't really even know what, like what to call it, but like, Whatever that energy was that was, like, around me that was um, 
kind of being produced from like the dancing and the gathering and all of that, when I would put it into this shape and kind of form it into what I guess is now called the sigil, um, I, after I had finished that and after I'd given it that energy, I was done. Like, it was like, I was done. Like, I was like, okay, I'm done dancing for today. We'll come back tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just, that was it. I was just done. There's nothing else. And um, I had no idea. Like, I still ha- I still haven't bothered to, like, look into, like, exactly what do you, like, are there general type of sigils or things like that? Like, I haven't bothered to, like, look into that. But, um, yeah, I, when I heard that, I was like, oh, yeah, I've been, I've been making sigils for a while now. <laughs> Didn't know that's yeah. what they were. <laughs> How funny. I just, I don't know, magic is really interesting. And tarot cards are great. And um, have you, so when you talked about your, you said like one of your abilities, would you mind like sharing a couple other ones or? Um, Sure. Uh, I find that intuition is probably my strongest gift. Uh, It may be because I use it the most. You know, Mm -hmm. I've, um, when when you're a kid and, and you grow up in a certain type of environment, your intuition helps you a lot, you know, because mm-hmm. you, like, with my parents, well, with my mom, I never really knew what she was going to do from one minute to the next. So um, my intuition played a really great part in, in my childhood just for, you know, uh, keeping me safe. And mm-hmm. um, so... Now that I'm older, I find that it also intertwines with um, another gift that I have, which is um, being extremely empathic. I saw I saw a meme um, on the internet a few weeks ago where the picture was these like these two people and they were in like hazmat suits with like astronaut helmets on and the shield down and and the uh, the t- the text said, when empaths go to Walmart. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's about, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> oh, that's so, great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty accurate for me. Just, like anytime I go out into um, a large space where there's lots of people, the energy of all these people just like hits me, you know, and, mm-hmm. And also because I'm an introvert, I, you know, I don't really, like, I need, I need my time to, like, recharge, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm not one of those, like, social butterfly type people that can just run around and talk to everybody and, you know, be okay. I'm not really, mm-hmm. I'm not really that person. But, like, when I go grocery shopping or, or wherever, if I'm in a, a big space that has lots of people, it, like it wears me out, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. I um, I have to come home and just unplug and and just kind of sit with myself for a while. Um, I I know, like sometimes you know, like you know, you're an empath when you can walk into a room and it's kind of like you know you you know what's been going on right before you walked into the room. You know mm-hmm. what I mean, like. Mm-hmm. Whether it's tense or happy, or I remember one time when I was in high school, I walked into my like um, AP English class, and it was like first period in the morning, and everybody was really quiet, and nobody said anything, but the mood, like 
the energy in the room was really, really tense and sad. And I was just like trying to be joke, like I jokingly said, well, what's the matter with you guys? Who died? And then like someone turned around and said, last night, and I was like, oh my God, foot and mouth, you know? Yeah. And so it's kind of, you know, it works for me like kind of like that. I, um, so it's, and sometimes I, I still do. I just walk into situations and immediately insert my foot in my mouth and just start chewing on it, you know? <laughs> uh, uh, so, um, yeah, it's, I'm thinking, um, let's see. I also have uh, discernment, which is, mm-hmm. you know, like being able to um, tell if a person, well, one of them, one of the ways discernment works is being able to tell if a person is being truthful with you or mm-hmm. not. Sometimes when I watch uh, interviews with um, like celebrities or politicians <laughs> or whoever, on, I don't have regular TV, but I just get everything on the internet. So yeah. um, like I can tell in like a couple of seconds whether or not that person is lying or being truthful. Mm-hmm. And it, I can't really watch much of that because it kind of it lowers my vibration, you know what I mean? So I kind yeah. of try not to be involved in all that kind of stuff. But um, I'm trying to think. Um, I uh, I do also have tend to have a a good kind of a, I'm kind of like a common sense type person, you know. Mm-hmm. I that falls into like discernment as well, kind of yeah. knowing where to step and where not to step in your life. Mm-hmm. I mean, that doesn't mean I always follow my own advice mm-hmm. or my own, or my spirit guides leadings. You know, sometimes I yeah. step in it and sometimes I don't, you know? Um, but it's, well, I think, um, oh, I also have visions sometimes. Okay. I, I don't know what kind of gift that would be. It's just like visions or whatever, but mm-hmm. um, I, it's those started um, when I was working in that Christian ministry. Mm-hmm. I would have visions about uh, mainly like the, what uh, Christians call like the body of the, the body of Christ, like the, the people who make up the the Christian faith. It's called the body mm-hmm. of Christ, and I used to have visions about like how they were eating each other and you know <laughs> stabbing each other and stuff like that, and it was very. Um, very oh, jarring for yeah. me personally, and um, sometimes, um, like when I like sometimes if I do a tarot reading or if I'm sitting talking with somebody and um, I'm really close to them, like physically, sometimes um, I get visions of, of things that that they've done or 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 like kind of a it's for me it's kind of like a it's kind of like your how your dreams appear to you. Yeah. Like, Almost like you're deja like vu, in your dream if you're yeah like if like if you're having a dream and you're pulling things out of your skin it means that you know you're trying to cleanse yourself of something it's kind of kind of a surreal kind of like that type thing. It's really hard to explain because it's different <laughs> like every time. So um, let's see. Um, well, there's something else that I was gonna say. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No 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 no. I was going to say, um, as far as like being an empath and going to the grocery store and stuff, um, 
I, I know that you have a daughter, so I know that might not, this might not, might not work, but have you ever tried going to the grocery store and playing music? Like in, like getting your headphones and playing music while you're shopping? Uh, no. Um, I tend to just try to, I focus on, I try to focus on what I'm doing, try to keep my daughter out, you know, from touching mm-hmm. every single thing in the store. <laughs> so, uh, you know, she'll, sometimes she'll like, watch me, I'm going to run down the aisle, and she'll, you know, yeah. run into somebody, you know, so I kind of focus on, you know, reining her in a little bit when I'm out in public, so I've never really been that type of person who will plug into, like, earbuds or whatever when I'm out in public because, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, I just get really agitated, like, sometimes I get really agitated when I'm out in public, like, I, I don't want to be, like, too physically close to people and... Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I have that really large personal bubble. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I um, I tried that recently because I've noticed whenever I go, I I am an empath, but I've learned how to shield myself off from most people's uh, energy. They either have to be like they have to be purposely manipulating their energy for me to for it to affect me or um I have to be feeling somewhat of the same type of way that a large group of people are so like if a large group of people are angry and I'm happy I know they're angry I can tell it from like a mile away but I don't feel angry I'm happy but if I now like if something happens during that day and it makes me angry then it's almost like I just opened a little crack in a door and they just blew it wide open and then like everything comes pouring in. So I've just had to learn to, um, I practice shielding myself by imagining that there's like this, almost like an energy inside of me and then it Mm -hmm. expands to, to cover my entire body. And then it kind of comes out probably around my, the width of my, my, um, hands if I leave them outstretched and, that bubble, like, I know, um, I know most people say that, like, you're supposed to keep it as, like, a fluid bubble when you're an empath so that yeah. it doesn't, because you, you still want to be able to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You still want to be able to deal with and feel other people. You just don't want it to affect you as much. But I'm like, right, no, right. like, if I get to the point where I need to shield myself, I already dealt with that part. I'm now on the next stage. (laughs) So so I do it more as like armor. Like in my mind, it's armor and nothing negative can come in here right now until I'm okay. Once I'm okay and I take down that shield physically like myself, then that's okay. But at this point, like you, you, I refuse to like let these people come in and and manipulate my my energy or contribute to my energy because I was having um, an emotional feeling, which we're human, we're going to have. Um, so what's really funny to me, um, when people have like abilities is I think it's so easy to just be like, yeah, everybody has that. Like everybody can like, everybody can walk into a room and like, you know, figure out how like they, they notice like people get quiet. And so because they notice people get quiet, they kind of figure out that they're talking about them. But I don't think that's like necessarily true. Like, sure, like, you can kind of guess, but, like, there's a level, like, that it crosses, and then that's when you kind of know, like, you're being empathic. Like, I remember 
one of the worst experiences I had in high school was I had a friend who we'd been friends for like, we were friends in junior high and then we were friends in high school. And I would do this thing, which I, I did not know that it was me being an empathic at all, but I would kind of walk around and at lunch. And if someone was really sad, I'd go sit with them and have lunch with them. And just, yeah, I'd just ask them like, Hey, are you sitting by yourself? And they'd say, yeah. And I'd say, Oh, would you like some company? And they, most of the time they'd always say yes. So I'd sit down and talk with them and then see how they were doing. And inevitably something would be sad or th- th- something would be wrong. And we'd talk about it. And then after that, um, I'd say to them, well, oh, you know, I'm, I hope that you feel better now. And if you ever want to come sit lunch with me and my friends, we sit over here and you know, that's it. So eventually we kind of developed a little group. Now to me, this was normal. Um, but then I noticed, I'm not really sure how I knew, but I knew that I knew one of my friends was really upset with me and I kind of assumed it was like over a guy, but we had like she knew that I had feelings for the guy for like the longest time and she would joke with me about it and make fun of me about it and it seemed sincere but as time got like closer to like this blow up moment I um I noticed just something was off and I would ask her like hey something like did I offend you is something wrong like whatever and she just would never come clean to me about it and I was like okay then I just won't broach the subject with her and leave it at that and then um I started becoming friends with this other person who was not in our class and she was very much like a loner. She just had the people that she liked. And if you weren't one of those people, like she was dismissive towards you, not even like a rude way. She just literally paid you no attention and just walked right by you. Um, But she was a complete and utter sweetheart. She just didn't have time for certain people. And, um, my now group of friends didn't like that they couldn't be friends with her too. Like they wanted, you know, oh, if we're all going to be friends, all of us are going to be friends. Not, you know, most of us will be friends, but then you have this friend outside of the group, which made no sense to me. And I noticed that this seemed to be becoming a problem because they kept mentioning it to me. And I was like, guys, like I have class with you. I don't have class with her. So uh, first off, second off, like you don't own me. Like, I can have class with, like, I can sit with this person. I can, you know, during the bell, I can trade notes with them. Like, whereas I literally have an hour worth of class with you guys. Like, what's the problem? Like, you guys have never had an issue with this before. Like, why do you have one now? And they're like, oh, no, 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 no. We don't have an issue. And I was like, yeah, you do. (laughs) And I thought that was normal. (laughs) Like, I, I thought all these things were just like, you know, I was a little more like, I like psychology. So I thought that I was just reading the signs and the tells more not also using my abilities at this moment yeah well there was one day and I was out sick and I kept having this like horrible feeling couldn't figure out what it was the next day I came back to school one after another every single one of them picked a fight with me every single one used similar words like you know um you're a bee or you, you're a horrible friend. And they would use words that they knew, like, really would hurt me. There were particular terms that would really hurt me, and that's what they used. Yeah. And I was devastated. Like, at this point, some of those friendships I'd had for four almost five years, I was devastated. Um, so I came back home. And, and then the people who didn't get me at school, when I came back home and I logged on to 
messenger, they got me there. So it was like nowhere I could go mm-hmm. where it was done. So the next day I said, you know what? I said, like, I'm sorry. There's no way that I'm this much of a horrible friend to these people. Like, and, and I was yeah. like, and why, why? Like, I knew something was up. And I was like, why did they use similar terms? Like, yeah, of, of course, like those would hurt anyone. But it was like the way they they did it. That's so strange. So I said, you know what? I said, I'm not going to do I'm not going to do this. Because even even when they were fighting, I was like, I don't know what I've done to you to make you so upset. But whatever it is, I'm sorry. Like, what's the what's the matter? So yeah. in my psychology class, I moved from them. And my psychology teacher said to me after class, she held me back and she was like, Melissa, why did she move away from your friends? You're always over there. I said, because I said, we're just going through something. And um, I think it's best if I stay away from them. And they're like, well, you know, you have to come to me if you're going to move. I said, yeah, I'm sorry. I just knew that's what I really need to do. And she's like, what's going on? Talk to me about it. And so I told her and she's like, oh, no. And I'm like, what do you mean? Oh, no. And it turns out that they had made a plan in psychology class, I don't know why they thought this was a good idea, but they'd made a plan, and the plan was essentially to make me not speak to this friend anymore and realize, like, how important they were and how I needed to just focus on them. They banded together, <sighs> had chosen certain key words to use when going off on me. They were basically just going to go off on me, have this huge blowout fight with me, and then two days later, all apologized to me after I had quote unquote learned my lesson. So then that way I would miss them. And it it would be like, okay, well now I miss these people. And so of course, like I'm going to do whatever it is that they want me to do, including like leaving this friend. And I was like, I'm sorry. How did your psychology professor know that? Because they had, she had groups. She would do like group activities. And so in those groups, she had every single one of them in there at some point during the day. Just one of those particular classes happened to have, I think, three or four of the girls in there. So those three or four girls during the group activity got together after they finished the group activity, started talking about it, and she overheard them. She didn't say anything to them, but she overheard them. But she didn't know they were talking about me. Until I told her, I didn't even, I didn't even go into detail, like the words of like what they used. She told me the words they said, and they were the exact same words they used. And I was like, I was thinking what? that they had gotten together because you kept saying that, yes, you know, they used the same words and stuff. And yes. so I, that's exactly what I was thinking when we got together beforehand. Yes. And just as my psychology teacher told me two days later, every single one of them suddenly apologized to me. Even so far as saying, like, I hope you learned your lesson and how important I am to you in your life. And I said, yeah, I've learned that you're not worth anything in my life. And I don't want anything to do with you. So, yeah. But if I would have been able to, like, listening to my empathic abilities, which I didn't know were empathic. I just thought I was doing really well in psychology class and, you know, acing all the tells and, and like, you know, just using common sense. And then, like, now that I'm older, I've looked back on that and, like, other situations and just been like, you realize the whole time you knew something was wrong. And that had nothing to do with, like, like, you can't know, you can't read someone's tell 
when you're at home and they're in a different location. <laughs> like you can't, right. like yeah. that doesn't work. So you have to understand like you, you had it then too. You just didn't know what it was or how to tap into it. And kind of like, I wish that people would have like empath classes or something or like empath education or something because I feel like so yeah. many people like go through this and there's people that I know too and I know like they're just not ready to broach the subject and clearly like you know that's your decision and that's on you when you're comfortable when you're ready to talk about that but if if you like I feel like there's almost I mean there's tons of bad things but spiritually one of the worst things that that can happen is if you're an empath, you don't know you're an empath and you don't know how to guard yourself from it. Right. Yeah. That, that was me for a long time. Yeah. You're just constantly taking in everybody else's stuff. And that like leads to so many horrible emotions. Yeah, it does. That, that uh, makes me think of what, how my life was when I was in my twenties. You know, it's just like, for me, it was like drama after drama, after drama, after mm-hmm. drama. And, like I was exhausted all the time, you know? Yeah. And, like, I, I couldn't understand, like, why is this not affecting my friends? Because I, like, I had two roommates at the time. And I was thinking, like, why does it not affect them like it affects me? You know? And, I mean, they would get upset or whatever, mad or angry or, or sad or whatever, but not like me. You know, like, mm-hmm. I would be, like, physically ill mm-hmm. for a couple of days, at least. And so, like, when I learned how to shield I I was thinking like when you were talking about it earlier like how you use it like armor that's mm-hmm. what I do like I, I use mine like armor it's kind of like I, I do like a, a transparent shield type thing like over my entire body and like I leave it transparent so that like I can tell what's going on around me mm-hmm. but I don't want to be necessarily involved you know what I mean in yeah stuff yeah. It's, I don't know, I think, I really wish, and I guess in a side way, like, this is part of, like, why, I mean, I love my podcast for numerous reasons, but I think, like, one of the greatest things about it is the amount of people who, like, reach out or who I've gotten to, like, help because they reached out and they're like, hey, I think you can help me. Like, I'm going through this and it sounds similar to, like, something that you said on the podcast, like, what exactly did you do or what do you think I could do or are are there groups because I mean some people don't know what an empath is like some people have never heard that like I just recently learned the term slider and I was like you mean like the little hamburger things like what are you you talking about who picked that idiotic word to name this so I just learned what that was and every time I have to say it on the podcast I still imagine the hamburgers (laughs) Yeah, that's what but, I'm picturing right now, too, tiny hamburgers. Yeah, well, do you know what a slider is? I have no idea. So a slider is somebody who basically just has, like, their electromagnetic field is higher than other people's, so they tend to affect technology and lights oh and things like gosh. that. That's it. My daughter is that. My daughter is like that. Really? She, yeah, like, um, she is on my iPhone, like, all the time, like, she's right now. And, uh, like, at least once or twice a day, the phone just locks up and won't do anything. And so, like, I taught her how to ground herself. And um, so 
she just gives me the phone and then she'll like close her eyes for a couple of minutes and and then like I'll turn the phone off, turn it back on and give it back to her. It works just fine. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's Well, she has a lot of um static electricity too. Like I get I get that yeah. a lot with elevators. Which really sucks. Like when I when I'm yeah. like trying to hold the door open for someone and it just keeps poking me and I'm like, would you stop? Like yeah. that. I get it there. I get it in the freezer section of the grocery store. I get it when I go to go pick up some deli stuff. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's oh, I can't wear watches. Like I kill the battery in three days. Um Yeah. I oh my parents, they're a their TV, I'm pretty sure I, I, I don't think I broke their TV. I think I, I messed with their TV for some reason so often that they believed it was broken, gave it away to somebody else. And it works perfectly fine at their house, but wouldn't work at my parents. And they thought it, like, yeah. it, the TV itself did the outlet of where the TV was, something else that was in there, which was the Comcast box, got struck by lightning. So we all thought, yeah. oh, okay, well, lightning messed up the TV. That's it. But then it would happen there. Yeah. Then what happened to the TV in another room. Then what happened in, like, the TV in my room. And it kept, uh, it would just black out randomly. Just, like, randomly black out or randomly turn itself off and back on. And we were yeah. like, what is going on? And I didn't know that that was considered slider activity. And I, I asked my parents yeah. one day, I was like, hey, by the way, have you guys had any more problems with the TVs ever since, like, I, I bought my house? And they said, no. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Never yeah, tell yeah. them about that. <laughs> That's, that kind of thing has happened to me, like, twice, I think. Or two or three times, but it was only in situations, like, where... I had extended stress mm -hmm. in my life. Mm -hmm. I have blown out PS4 and an Xbox. Um, well, that I was using to uh, like watch DVDs with or something, and all of a sudden, like it just stopped. You know, mm -hmm. like there's there's no like it there's no damage or anything, and all the parts are working, but it just stopped working for some reason and my daughter blew out my my mother's uh laptop oh like yeah yeah i so am it's, no go ahead if you ground yourself before you go around electronics it helps a lot mm -hmm. i just learned sometimes too like i i've noticed mine can be from emotion or like anytime just i'm just out of balance and so i'll just pause and just yeah. sometimes i'll just be like can you please not shock me today thank you very much and then i'll like get the thing yeah. and it'll be fine <laughs> yeah. but i think like i think like the act of actually like acknowledging it and being like hey i know i do this can but can we not do this right now thanks like i think like that can also be yeah. i wouldn't say that's a grounding technique but i think like it's a way of like kind of flipping the switch for half a second you just got to be quick about it yeah. <laughs> but yeah. um well I blew out a, a toaster oven. Yeah, oh, my wow. my mom got she um we do not have like the best relationship and that's from my childhood yeah. and she she made me upset and this is when like I realized that I had an affinity toward elemental magic 
And yeah. um, I didn't know that I had an affinity towards fire elemental magic. And I was, I was so, like, I was so angry. Like, I was, I was just done. I was fed up. I was angry. I was, like, like, it was like I was partially, like, broken, broken and beaten down. But at the same time, pissed that I was in, like, that situation. And yeah. I just remember being so mad and I wasn't near the toaster oven I was in a completely different room but she went and walked in the kitchen and the toaster oven caught on fire and I always just thought that like oh you know I just I couldn't figure out like if it was like an elemental thing like I just like because I had an affinity with elements and I was upset and fire is a very passionate and like hot emotion that or hot like mm-hmm. element it would blend well with that emotion and so it kind of just like aided me in that or if yeah. because apparently I'm a slider which still think of hamburgers um that yeah. it caused like some sort of like malfunction and so maybe she touched it or something and then it just like you know blew but yeah, yeah. I I don't I don't know of too many things. Like, typically, whenever I'm around, I mess something up and then I fix it. <laughs> so yeah. my parents, like, like my mom's laptop or her printer, um, all the time she'd be like, Melissa, there's something wrong with it. Like, I don't understand what's wrong. I'd be like, okay. And then I'd come over and I'd just be like, did you turn it off and turn it back on? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, okay, let's try that again. I turn it off and turn it back on. I'm like, can you please work? And alas, it works. And she's like, I tried that. I swear to you, I did. And I said, I believe you. I said, it just, <laughs> so you just have to, I would always tell her, it's like, you just have to like tell it in a certain tone. <laughs> Like you yeah. approach it with frustration, and I approached it with like I cherish you. Please work. <laughs> that doesn't work for me. <laughs> <laughs> I've done it a lot, actually. Like just please, I love you so much. Please work. But some yeah. things don't respond to that. Like some things, like there's been there was a computer, the first computer we ever had. I tried, like I my thing was my thing is cupcakes. I'd always be like. I'll give you a cupcake if you just work. Like, for real? Like, I will literally just leave a little offering of a cupcake here for you. I won't eat it if you will just, like, work. And this stupid computer would not do it. And so I would have to get mad. And I'd be like, no, for real, I will blow you up. (laughs) And it would work. (laughs) Like, then it would work. It'd be fine. (laughs) That's hilarious. Yeah, it's it was was always a fun time. (laughs) It was a fun time. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. I think there's just something, I know that people get really freaked out when you talk about, like, ghosts or witchcraft or paranormal Mm -hmm. or anything like that. And they get so freaked out. And I understand, like, you know, everybody has their own, um, beliefs and their own things. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I do think it's really important just be able to, like, validate your own experience and be able to, like, know that even if you don't have a name for something, even if you can't figure out, like, how or – like, I'm a super curious person, so I want to know the how. I want to know the why. But honestly, like, I found just breaking it down and being like, hey, this happened. That's it. Okay, cool. Like, that has helped me, like – 
appreciate myself and remove self-doubt. And I mean, I still get, I still have self-doubt about some stuff, but it's, it's made everything so much easier for me to be able to deal with and go through where as before I was like, okay, well, if this, if this really, you know, if this is really paranormal, then why didn't happen like this? Or if it's really normal, you know, why didn't happen like that? And I'd ask all these questions and they didn't serve me any purpose. I still, I still Mm. got to the ending fact of it was an experience it happened, and that's it. Like, I have no other explanation. I really don't need one. You just need to be able to validate your own experiences. Yeah. I think that um, our society now is so, like, media-saturated that um, anything regarding the paranormal or witchcraft or, you know, anything like that that people don't understand, because partly because of the way that it's portrayed in the media, is like, you know, all witches have big noses and warts and they fall on brims mm-hmm. and they're really evil. And You know what I mean? Like, just kind of ridiculous stereotypes that, you know, people have just, um, they, they, they propagate. You know, one person tells one person, that person tells two, that person tells four, you know. And that's one reason why I don't go around here saying, you know, blessed be or, or uh, you know, hey, I'm, I study witchcraft. You know, what do you do? Mm-hmm. But, you know, because the people are like, oh, my God, don't curse me. Or, like, no, I wouldn't curse you. I don't want that to come back on me. Are you kidding? <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, see, I think what people don't also, like, understand is when they, like, you don't have to be a witch to curse somebody. <laughs> like, you don't oh, have no, to be a no, witch. No, you don't. That's you true. Don't have to be, you don't have to be pagan. Like, literally, if you if you are just, like, strong enough and you just sit there and you're like, seriously, like, I just wish you would keel over. Like, there's tons of stories yeah. of where someone has said that and a couple days later, that's exactly what happened. They felt horrible. And, yeah. you know, that's not – that that person wasn't a witch. That person wasn't, like, a pagan. That person wasn't – you know they weren't their religion wasn't called into question when it happened that's not the point of the yeah. of the thing it was that they wished this thing into fruition like intention yeah. and manif- yeah. manifestations are extremely powerful yeah. like yeah. your they thoughts are Go ahead. yeah i was gonna say they just uh kind of like what you said you know they just use their intentions and and manifested it you know into reality yeah. because of the, you know, their heightened emotions and mm-hmm. their, you know, uh, the strength of their focus and everything. Mm-hmm. That's all it takes. Like, you don't have to be yeah. all these other things or, like, think these other things or even know what the hell they mean. Like, you don't have to do any of that. Like, you just have to be strong enough when you have an intention and pour of that pour all of your being into this wish. And eventually yeah. you'll get what you want. Like, what is it that people say... And every, like, you know, you have to do this if you want to be rich or whatever. It's that you wake up and in your mind, every single day, you're like, I'm going to work on this. I'm going to work on this. I'm going to work on this. Like, the action of thought is power. And I think that people just think, like, oh, no, only witches, like, do. No, 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 no. You do this every single day. When you, like, sit there and you're exhausted and you want to get to work. And you're like, okay, no, I seriously, like, I have to get up. I have to get up. I have to get to work. Like, that's a prime example of how, like, that thought, like, will put you into action. So 
even in that small little tiny thing, if that's, if that's all that it takes, like think about if you think this huge thing, think of like, if you pour all this emotion and intention into this, like you're going to get that too. Yeah. We live in a really magical world. Oh, I think so too. Yeah. I think that the, the strongest spells or uh, manifestations, if you will, they don't come really from a place of, you know, I'm so happy and contented with my life. Um, I think they come from places of deep dissatisfaction or anger or sadness. I think that it's born of a very intense desire to change something about your reality. And we're back. So I hope that you guys liked the interview I hope that you like the conversation and what it was that we had to talk about and what we had to say and share. I hope that you um, also enjoyed the story. I know there's some things that I said there that I've actually never shared anywhere else. It's kind of, um, that's kind of what I like about interviews too, is in conversation, sometimes I sort of forget about some of the things I've been through or some of the things that have happened to me, or I don't even really think about these moments of where like, well, yeah, I was using my empathic abilities and, and this is why I thought it was just like a normal thing, but but really like here's the line where it's not and here's where I cross that line. And sometimes you just, you find that out best when you talk to other people, which is really funny because I'm not a social person at all. I'm an introvert. I like to be in my little home. I'm a hermit. I'm very happy there. And that's my favorite place to be is at home or outside in the forest. I don't want to be around other people. That's not necessarily my my big thing. I like to observe people, sure, but uh, again, I can observe them from the window of my house. <laughs> it's just how I am. So this podcast, actually, um, it does a lot of different things for me, but one of the things it also helps me do is to be able to talk with people about a subject that people don't like to talk about. They are normal. Like, I appreciate anybody who's ever come on the show or goes on any show and is willing to just open up about their experiences and their life and what led them to that place. And I know a lot of the people who tend to come on here talk about like witchcraft or Wicca, whether they are in it or they're not in it or they're scared of it or whatever. And I know that may be a little weird for some people, but in kind of like how I was saying before, you can't get a complete picture of something if you don't listen and speak with everyone. My view is going to be different than somebody else's view. And I actually just had an interview this Saturday with someone. That episode won't be out for a couple of weeks, probably not until like somewhere in July. But we were talking about the fact that it seems like for people who are very deeply invested in the paranormal, are really in this topic, or they're very interested in it, we may all have different experiences that bring us into it. We may have different tactics, although I have seen where a lot of us have similar ones, even if we call it different things. But we all kind of believe this one core value, like we'll all kind of get to this one core place. And it's almost like, The paranormal can connect you to other people if you allow yourself the space and time to open yourself up to not only it, but to be able to talk about it. And because we're always so weighed down and we're kind of like, well, no one's going to believe us or think that we're crazy because it's not the norm. I mean, that's what paranormal means. It's outside of the box of normal. Then, you know, how are we ever going to really get to that place? And it's so amazing to me to be able to connect with people about this subject and that and and it always blows my mind when I'm like oh wait you do that too or I didn't know they had this and like that thing too or I had never heard of this 
but I don't know it by that name. I know it by this name because like I knew so-and-so who used to do it or, oh my God, you believe that too. Well, you know, this is just something that I've experienced a lot. And so that's my theory as well. It's so interesting to be able to connect with people that way and just, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's just a connection. It's just something very, very beautiful. It's why I decided to, you know, between the, around the ending of the interview, um, and then just thinking about how grateful I was for the connections that I've been able to make because of this podcast and the people who've come on the show and people who've shared their stories and things like that. That's why I decided to name this episode Our Magical World. It means the magic of life, the magic of this world, you know, the magic of the things that we don't understand and we don't we question or may not believe in. There's magic and there's magic in us. And I think that each and every single one of us has to find a way to like tap into that, whatever that may be, whether it's meditation or deep breathing or praying in a church or, you know, praying in an altar or whatever. I think that a lot of times when we come down to the paranormal, at least for the experiences I've had on the show, and I I appreciate the fact that everyone's always been so open and so honest. And there's a lot of braveness in what they do and how they approach it and how they speak. So I just, I'm really grateful. Also, so when this episode comes out, it's going to be my birthday. I've had a really hard week. It's been a really rough week. Uh, and this is actually getting into the, the thing I learned. Um, and I decided to talk about it now because I feel like it's really been coming out and what I've been saying in this um, sort of part for the episode. And it's, I just learned to be really grateful. Um, I am an extremely grateful person. I am an extremely, for me, like I can think something is the ugliest thing in the world, but if you bought it for me because you, you thought about me, that touches me so deeply. And I guess I've just come to this spiritual place where it not only touches me, maybe mentally or, you know, physically or emotionally, it touches me spiritually too. I'm grateful for life. I'm grateful for the ups and downs. This doesn't mean I want more downs. That's not what it means. But I understand that sometimes you have to get knocked on your ass so that you understand how to fly. And while this week has been horrible, and I literally, um, I remember like last week on Monday, I, I broke down. I was crying and I just broke, I broke down. It wasn't, it wasn't like a full breaking. I wasn't at that point because when I get to that point, it's really bad. But for me to even get like a quarter of the inch there, that just meant like it was over the top. It was way too much. In each situation that's gone on every day, there's been something. And I was just like, for real, what is going on? And, you know, when you believe in the universe and you believe in messages, and I actually saw this the other day, and I was like, I agree with it, but I don't agree with it. And it was a quote that said, the universe will stop giving you messages about a particular topic once you learn your lesson. And I can agree with that to a point. Let's say that in a past life, you didn't learn your lesson. So in this life, you keep getting it over and over and over again. And you're like, man, why do I keep getting, why does this keep happening to me? I can agree to it at that point. But I don't think that's always why you get that message. I think that we think that, okay, well, if, if we are, if we have this thing happen to us, we are being punished. And I think what I had to learn this week is that's not the case. Um, this particular situation, I felt, I, I was one of those people. I felt like, man, why is it every time that I think that this is okay? It's not. Like, what the fuck? Like, why? And 
once I did my little breakdown and I, I had known that I was already like at this place where I didn't get, I didn't get angry that, that much typically, or when I had, if I had, you know, where I'm sitting here and I'm having like an emotional moment, I worked through it and processed it differently than I ever have in my entire life. It was just a complete turning point for me a couple months ago. And I had to realize that it wasn't about me. These things that were going on, they weren't about me. They weren't about that I created the problem. They weren't about like, I have a lesson to learn as far as like, I'm part of the problem and I created the problem and I'm doing all these things with the problem. That's not why they happened. They happened to make me sit down and understand how to process and let these things go. Because if they didn't mean that much to me, they wouldn't have affected me so strongly. All of this wasn't a, I'm creating a problem. All of this was, yes, perhaps you do have a lesson to learn. And it's not about you being punished. It's about you understanding how to let these particular topics that have come up in your life numerous times go. It's a humbling experience. It's not a punishment. And I think that we need to remove that thought that, oh, yeah, when the universe throws something at us, it's a punishment. Like, oh, what was me? Oh, what did I do to deserve this? Oh, like that, like that, that freaking phrase, what did I do to deserve this? Stop. Like process however you need to process, but don't carry that phrase around with you because maybe you don't deserve it. Maybe you don't, but maybe it's, it's the whole like glass half full, glass half empty thing. Stop looking at it as what did I do to deserve this because I'm being punished. And start looking at it from what can I do to learn about this. Think about it that way. So I'll leave you guys with that. If you have a story, send it into the podcast, thehauntedride.com, or email it to thehauntedride at gmail.com. Uh, leave us a review if you like the show. I would love to know that. That always makes me smile when I read those. Facebook, Instagram, um, and Pinterest were The Haunted Ride. Twitter were Haunted Ride. I've actually thought about like, Seeing if I can change it so we actually are the haunted ride on everything. But I, I don't know if it matters at this point. <laughs> we're, over, we're, we're eight months into the podcast. I think we should just leave well enough alone. <laughs> um, but we have the Facebook group too. So you can join the Facebook group. Um, and then our YouTube channel is up on the haunted ride. I'm not going to pretend to know what YouTube channel link is. It's a bunch of characters and numbers. I have no idea what it is. But it's on everything is in the show notes of every single podcast episode. It's in the show notes for the main show. It's on the website. Everything is on the website. I put a, a copy of everything there. But yeah, I think that's everything. Oh, um, we so we still have the services. We have a paranormal advice service and a spiritual guidance service. Paranormal advice is $2 and spiritual guidance is $5. If you'd like to learn more about that, you can check it out on our website thehauntedride.com again or apparently on facebook somehow i did something that shows that we have a store i don't know how i did it i have no idea um and then we have a patreon which is the haunted ride i just released a new bonus episode um something called ghostly bits which is deleted show segments and then they get early access to the episodes and then now we do weekly tarot card readings so i just did my first one today and I was like, whoo, doggy. When I, when I saw that guy, I was like, okay, cool. So hitting me hard here. And, and hopefully it resonates with somebody. But um, 
I do, I do believe that in every experience there's something to learn. And so, um, hopefully I think those will help other people too. So yeah, I think that's all I've got for you guys today. I hope you liked the episode and you know, like we like to say, take care of yourself, have a good day, have a good night, love yourselves and love others. Um, treat yourself well, treat others well, and take care guys. And finally, of course, don't let the ghost get you. Bye. Thank you.